0: Matthew chapter 6, please. Matthew chapter 6. Wouldn't that be awesome if Jesus Christ came back today? Wouldn't that be great? Come on, I'm saved. I am right, I'm try, I'm try to live right with my Savior. So that when he comes back, man, I'm ready to go. I, I'm not coming with, get my, I don't want him to come with my hand caught in a cookie jar. You understand what I'm saying? I want to live right with my God. Because when he comes, I'm ready to go. I want to see him. Amen. I don't want to be ashamed of his coming. Looking for that blessed hope. He's coming again. Praise God for it. I just love that song. And and uh, Mrs. Williams asked me to sing. I said, I know which one it is. Because I'm, maybe today. Praise God. I know when you're a kid, you're like, Lord, let me get my license. You know, just let me drive. Right? Lord, uh, all the ladies, let me get married. Oh, my word. Then it's let me have kids, and let me do this. No, Lord, come on. Even so, come quickly. Come on. Amen. Phew. The rapture sounded night better and better every day. I mean, I mean, I know that some of us gotta, you know, the Lord tarries, we gotta give up the ghost and die and all that, but the rapture sounded real good. Amen. Come on, 1 Thessalonians 4. Amen. He's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, where did I say he'd go? Matthew 6, is that what I said? Amen. Hallelujah. Hope we're enjoying the time in the Lord's house tonight with the Spirit of God. Amen and amen. Matthew chapter 6. Here's a very familiar verse. You don't even need your Bible, a lot of you. You already know it. Verse 33. Right? Many of you, if I asked you, if ask somebody, hey, who can stand and quote it? A lot of you would raise your hand and say, I can quote it. Man, bless God, hallelujah, I had to learn this thing and we quote it. I was uh, just, when I was thinking through the message and studying a little bit, I just started singing a song and Tucker looked around at me. He says, we sang that in class today. You know what song I'm talking about? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You say hallelujah is not in the verse. Well, it means praise ye the Lord. It's okay. I needed to end the tune. Okay, it's okay. All right. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Would you say it with me, please? Ready? Begin. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Some of you, when I began to sing that song, you didn't know it, or you're looking at me kind of funny. Let's try it again one more time, all right? One more time. Mark, I think this is for you, buddy, all right? You want to sing it with me, Mark? Come on, buddy. No? No, you don't want to have it? Come on, man. All right, here we go. Ready? Ready? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. What does that mean? What does it mean? Look at the verse here. It says, but seek ye. What's He saying there? Seek ye. He's he's saying, go after it. Desire it. Long for it, search after it. All right, the verse goes on: Seek ye first, not last, not not second, not third and fourth. And after I figure out my, my employment, and I figure out you know how I'm going to do this, and I figure out this, and where I'm going to live, and all that, then I'll seek. No, he says, seek ye first. Right, Put God first. Yes, that God would have the that Jesus Christ would have the preeminence in our lives. Seek ye first. Right? You with me? It's it's chief. It's it's the top priority. It's before anything else. It's before I tell everybody where I'm going to college. I seek the Lord. God, what do you want for my life? Right? It's before who I get married to. You say, Lord, help me to find the mate that you've got picked out for me. You with me? It's before I, I have children start naming my kids. Lord, give me that name that you want for my children. Amen? Come on now it's everything. it's it's either all or nothing. come on we we try to hold things back from God and he's saying seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now what's this mean kingdom of God? and I think of that word kingdom I think of two parts. I think of the realm and the reign okay the realm is the it, it's the it's the where and the what you think about a kingdom. You know, I don't know where we're going to rule and reign, you know, and all that. I mean, Harper's Ferry sounds real good. Get to float, where's Brother Kidwell? But get to float that river every single day? Man, that sounds real good. I don't know. But it sounds nice, amen. Um, the, think about the realm. The, the where and the what. The, the location, the perimeter, the, the, the area, right? The, the, where West Virginia obviously has some boundaries, it's drawn out. It's, it's a location, a physical location. But then there's people in West Virginia. Bless God. Amen? Are we not proud West Virginians here? Come on. I'm sorry, Brother Shank. Apologize, buddy. We love you. Amen. All right, good. You see, he's like, you're like two miles from the river, man. That's what, that's what he's thinking. He goes right by that place on the way down, don't you? Amen. Fallen waters. All right. Uh, it's, the, it's the realm here. But then it's the rain. It's the who. Who is reigning over that? You with me? A kingdom, to me, means those things. All right? It's a a territory, a state, a people, a community that's ruled over by a king or queen. That's what a kingdom is. But look at what the Bible says here. But seek ye first the kingdom of... Yeah, not John Willard. You with me? Not the pastoral staff. Oh, there's one we could park on for a while. Yeah, don't seek first the kingdom of the pastoral staff. No, 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 no. I'm not God. And and God never put me in a place to be a dictator over you and tell you everything you ought to do in your home. You with me? I'm to lead people to the truth. And you're to develop convictions before God as you see fit, not as I see fit. Amen? That's right. God knows that I have a background, I've got a, a story to me, I've got some past, and I've got some trials and some troubles in my past. And he has me draw lines to keep me out of trouble. That line's gonna be different than Brother Horton's. Why? Because his past and his where he's come from is different than me. And his line's gonna be just a little bit different. There's within the boundaries of right and wrong and, and evil and holy there. We understand that. But where, what kind of music to choose or what kind of dress just right or, or when to do this and when to do that? Some standards in life. It's not, it's not the kingdom of the pastoral staff, it's the kingdom of God. Let us remember that. And we get in trouble too often when we're trying to follow some man. And then that man fails. Yes, you with me tonight? Right. Yeah, many of us understand that. Because men fail. Right. All over the place. It's the kingdom of God. What do we mean the kingdom of God? Are we talking about the, the universe? Well, certainly that would be the kingdom of God. I mean, He created it all. Yeah. Yes? But the Bible gets even more specific. In just a moment, I'm going to take you another passage. Helps us understand that a little bit. And then it says, and... His righteousness. What does that mean? His righteousness. You know my God is holy. You know why that we ought to live the way we ought to live and be holy before a holy God? Be ye holy as I am holy, he said. He said in the Old Testament, he said it in the New Testament, and we're to be clean and righteous and holy before him. So why, why can't we be like all these other people in the world where there's some people that are saved and they just don't they don't worry about all these standards and they dress like they want to dress and they talk like they want to talk and they go where they want to go and they have the friends they want to have friends of and and sure they fit into the world but they're still saved my friend God is holy and we're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen? Shacking up together has been wrong since day one. It's still wrong. You with me? God said for a man and a wife to come together in marriage. Right? It's holiness. It's holiness. Amen? And I said man and woman because that's what God said. And his righteousness. Right? We keep going from there. All right, it says, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Wait a minute, what things? That's where the context comes into play. That's where the context is so important. Look back, please, if you would, in verse number 31. Verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In the context, the general meaning here is hey, let's seek God first, let's put him and his will first. And he'll take care of all our needs. Amen. It's not for me to go out in this world and find the best of the best of the best that I can do for myself. It's me to say, God, what do you have for me regardless of the money that comes in? Because inside of God's will do I not only have protection, but I have his blessing. I've told you my testimony uh, several times, but I'm going to tell you again. Listen, I've tried this thing of doing it my own way, and I thought I made good money. And you know what happened was after a couple years, I was deep in debt and miserable because I lacked the blessing of God. I thought I, I thought I made big money, so you know what I did? I spent big money, and I was miserable because I didn't have the wisdom that God of God in his blessing upon my life. And I was trying to do it the way of the world and I messed it up big time. And when I when I finally gave up my heart to the Lord, and then then he helped me to get out of debt, but it took time. And I paid the consequences of my foolish actions for a couple years. All right? The Bible here even gets more specific on this thing. Trying to understand, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I I ask you please, let's allow scripture to define scripture. And help us to understand even more what he's speaking of here. Let's go to Luke chapter 17, please. Luke 17. Jesus Christ gives us an understanding here. And and, and this passage that Luke records for us explains it so much more in depth and, and helps us to understand it. Sometimes we get a little mixed up with some of these phrases in the Bible, "kingdom of God." Really, what does that mean? Is that all the realm that God rules over, and everything that there is? Talking about the cows on the field in the field, and Pastor John up here preaching, but but uh, also uh, uh, some bird over in China. You know, everything. It's very. We can we can say, well, it, it's there's a lot to that. No, it gets a whole lot more simpler here and a lot more specific. Notice in Luke 17, read here, follow along with me and look at verse 20. Luke 17, verse 20. The Bible says, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. All right, let me stop you right there for a minute. What does that mean? The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. It means that God is not going to write his message in the sky and have a big boom and, and a rainbow over top of it and all of that to get our attention. That's not how God works. Okay? It's not with observation. He's not going to fly a plane with a big message behind it. He's not going to have uh, uh, He's not going to all of a sudden put a big... Uh, television screen in the sky or 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 speak to us by some uh, spooky voice while we're sleeping and giving visions and all this stuff he's he's we've got the whole word of god we don't he doesn't work that way anymore all right we understand that he's it's not an outward showing okay let me help you for a second there's two there's two different phrases that are easy to get mixed up in the bible there's kingdom of god and there's kingdom of heaven Do you remember what John the Baptist came preaching? Remember the guy that crieth in the wilderness? What did he say? Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Remember that? That's a different phrase than the kingdom of God. And if you study it, God means two different things there. Kingdom of heaven is not kingdom of God. When he's talking about repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that's, that's before Jesus died on the cross... John the Baptist is preparing the way for the Lord, the Messiah, to come. Kingdom of heaven is Jesus on the earth. It's when Jesus is is here physically on the earth, and it particularly meant for the millennial reign when when all are bowing to him, when he's ruling and reigning over all. But it began even when he was on earth in the first advent, the first time he came, because John the Baptist preached that. Jesus went on to say it again. Don't you remember what John the Baptist said? Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's Jesus on the earth. But kingdom of God is different than that. See, kingdom of heaven is that outward show. It's, it's Jesus in his person. It's Jesus in his glory. Kingdom of heaven would have been what we talked about last week. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? When he's in his glory and he's shining bright as the sun, Right? Right? and all that Shekinah glory all around him there that's the kingdom of heaven but the kingdom of God is different again notice what the word of God says here verse 20 starting with Jesus words here if you have a red letter Bible it says the kingdom of God cometh not with observation neither shall they say low here or low there in other words looky here and looky there do you see that see where he's going there he continues, he says, For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Again, kingdom of heaven is an outward show. It's Jesus in his glory, it's Jesus here on earth. But the kingdom of God is inward. And it's inside of you. Now I'm talking, we're talking to people that are saved. The kingdom of God can't be inside of you if you're not saved. Okay? You are not a child of God. You've not been washed by the blood of the Lamb. You're not clean. You've not been justified in the Father's sight, right? When Jesus sprinkled His blood on the mercy seat and God looked at us through the blood of Jesus Christ and saw us white as snow. Right? Amen? That's doctrine of the Word of God right there. If that's not you, then the kingdom of God is not within you. And if you're not saved, if you're not a child of God, today is a day. Get it taken care of, right? You you have to repent of your sin and ask Jesus to save you because He's able. Amen, man. The Bible's clear on this thing. All right, so we're talking to Christians here, and it says the kingdom of God is within you. Another way of saying this would be the will of God or His desire being accomplished in my life. You with me, Pastor John? Are you preaching about the will of God? Yes. Are you preaching about being filled with the Spirit and being guided by Him? Yes. Are you preaching about me giving up all my stuff that I want and that I haven't given to Christ? Yes. Are you preaching about living holy before God? Yes. Are you preaching about doing it God's way and not my way? Yes. Are you preaching about uh, 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 giving Him your all and Him getting the preeminence and Him being first place and everything else being left aside? Yes, I am. Because the kingdom of God is within you. Folks, we talk about being filled with the Spirit and we talk about revival and getting right with God and and wanting to be completely and open and right with the Lord, nothing held back. The truth is, right here, core believers tonight, Sunday night church right here, family time. The truth is, is a lot of us are still missing it. A lot of us are still missing it. If I asked you, are you having individual personal revival with the lord what would your answer be okay so if 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 it's no what's keeping you from that what is keeping you from having personal revival with god i mean getting i'm just having a, a having a a baptist pentecostal or a Bapticostal fit or whatever you want to call it right i'm talking about enjoying your life with the spirit of god on a daily basis what is keeping you from that is it your sin Because my sin separates me between me and my God. I read that this morning. When I have sin in my life, I grieve the Holy Spirit of God, and I'm not paying attention to what He wants, and I'm 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 filling my cup up so He can't. Because I'm saying, God, you can't have that thing. You can't have my music. It's mine, and I'm going to listen to what I want to listen to. What are we doing? We're saying, God, I'm not seeking first the kingdom of God. I'm seeking first John Woolard. And, and I'm gonna have an outward show. I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to church, and I'm, everybody's gonna think I'm good, and you know, like, but you can't have that. That belongs to me. Right? Come on. Kingdom of God. It's within you. Is it really? We're talking about personal revival. What's keeping you from that? Maybe you say, Pastor John, I I don't believe there's anything between God and me. I don't believe, there's nothing, I believe I'm confessed and I'm clean. Well, what do we need to do that we haven't done yet? Moses didn't just give up the world. He didn't just give up Egypt. But he had to say yes to God. You look at Hebrews chapter 11, and I wasn't planning to preach that tonight. The Holy Spirit's pointing out. You look at Hebrews chapter 11, Moses not only refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But he chose, choosing God. The verses are escaping my mind here. But he chose, choosing rather to suffer the affliction of of God than the riches of Egypt or something. It's Hebrews 11. You check me later. Amen. Hallelujah to that. Hebrews chapter 11, talking about Moses in there, the hall of faith. He not only said no to the world, but he chose God's way. He chose God's people. What's keeping you from having personal revival with the Lord? Is it soul winning? Are we not supposed to be soul winners? Come on now. Oh God, I can't do that. God, you got everything else, but I mean, come on. I just don't want to talk to people. Did he put that clause in there that was okay to have an excuse and I can't talk to people? one. Praise God for the printing press and we can start putting out things in writing. Amen? I know that was a long time ago. We got whatever we got. What do we have today? Not printing presses. What do we got? I don't know what they're called. I just checked with Brother Williams. Amen? We got some, We got things to print out tracks. Bless God. Hallelujah. It's got the gospel on them. But a lot of times we let something that we're supposed to be doing keep in us from being completely open and right with God. Because why Why is it that oftentimes we get convicted about this same thing over and over and over again and we still haven't done anything about it? The kingdom of God is within you. Church family, let me help you tonight. An old preacher once said, if you want to see revival, you need to take a piece of chalk and draw a circle on the ground. And be the first one to step into it. You're either going to be a sold-out Christian for Christ, or you're going to be lukewarm. Which one's it going to be? Which one's it going to be? He said in, in in Revelation, "You're lukewarm. You're you're. I want to spew you out of my mouth. You're, you're disgusting, right? Uh, lukewarm." Uh, uh, I'm not again. I wasn't planning to preach this. Lukewarm stuff is is the idea that uh, uh, we want. It's when you give somebody something to bring it back up, like they they've swallowed poison or something. You need to give them something. It's lukewarm. It's that idea with that medicine there. And um, I'll move on from that. But lukewarm. God said, "I want to spew you out of my mouth." He said, "It's disgusting to me. I I would rather you be hot or cold." And what we do is we go through the motions. And we do the same thing the Pharisees did all through Jesus' day. And we'd preach about a man, I can't believe them Pharisees, and we're doing it ourselves. What are we holding back from God? What are we holding back? It's easy to point at the teenagers. Guys, I love you guys. You're awesome. Appreciate you. It's easy for us adults to look at them and say, Man, them guys need to get right. How about we take the beam out of our own eyes? Because we got this outward appearance just right, and we th- so we think we're okay, because we got the outward right. Well, pastor, pa- pastor says we got to do this and do this and do this. I just preached about that. It's not about what I think. It's about what God says, amen? Yeah. But you try to live to, to impress your pastor and have all these things and these standards just right so I look good on the outside, and your heart is so far from God. I believe this with all my heart. God's more worried about the direction you're headed than where you are. Because there are people that have been saved for 119 years. And you haven't moved an inch in 118 years. You with me? And there's people that have been saved today that are on fire for God and just soaking it in and learning. And they're still smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and whatever else. But they're growing for God. And they're saying, Teach me. What do I need to do? How can I please my Savior? Because, man, I love being saved and I want to please Him. And they don't got everything just right, but they're growing. And there's us that are dead. And we got everything just right on the outside, and nobody would know anything different, but God knows. And you know the kingdom of God is within you. Is it? Is it? Come on, church. Peter said this judgment must begin at the house of God you look at at Solomon's prayer after he built the temple and all of that and he said he didn't say say, if the heathen repent and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways what did he say if my people seek my face and repent and turn from their evil ways Then I'll heal their land. If my people, judgment must begin in the house of God. Are we right with God? Is the kingdom of God in your life? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Am I? Let me give you another thought here. It's easy for me on Sunday. God, help me. I want to be right with you so I can preach with God's power. And then turn around on Monday and live in the flesh. It's easy, isn't it? And I've been there, and you have too. I'm talking about consistency. Consistency about revival. I, I wonder tonight how many of us spend some time with the Lord. Hey, I'll close my Bible to help you. All right. How many of us who spend some time with the Lord and say tonight, "Thank God, I need to have some personal revival. I need to get to where I need to be. Because I'm tired of this dead religion, this, this dead stuff of me just being mediocre and looking the part but not feeling it and not walking it and not making a difference. And I lack the power of God and the power, the Holy Spirit's uh, blessing and, and purpose being shown through my life because I'm living life in my flesh full of what I think is right and best. And I'm not seeking first the kingdom of God. Come on church. It's all of us. It's your pastor included. Right here. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to lead by example. And so let me get on this altar and beg God for some personal revival. That I would grow tonight and this week in his presence. In the word of God. And be ready, yielding to whatever he tells me to do. Not just what he wants me to preach. And not just showing up on Tuesday because I'm the pastor. To go so winning but whatever he would want of me. Lord, help us tonight, please. Lord, help us tonight to get real with you. God, I need you, and I'm begging you, Lord, to help us tonight to get real with God. Lord, may we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, not my own, Lord, help us, please, to be people that search you out, that seek you out, Lord, your face, your purpose, the kingdom of God. Seek first that in my life. I pray, God, tonight that you'd speak to hearts. Challenge me. Challenge the pastoral staff tonight. Challenge our deacons tonight. Lord, us us as leadership, that we do and be what we're supposed to be for you that we get real, that we be the ones to draw that circle and be the first one to step in. Lord, how can I expect my church, Lord, here that you, the the people, the the flock that you have given to me to have revival if I'm not going to do it? Lord, help me, help us together, families tonight, the family of God to seek first the kingdom of God. We turn this invitation over to you tonight, Lord, and we thank you for it.